When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome in. Welcome in. Ah, uh, you're Ramchuk and Coomsey back with you and in a much better mood than we were for episode 120. Am I right? Yeah, I think um, things have largely calmed down. We're not too emotional about the Toronto Blue Jays and the circumstances that led to them getting eliminated from the playoffs anymore. Yep. I think that is a, uh, I think that's a pretty good way to put it, Coomsey. Uh, all right, episode 121 is always brought to you by our friends at DoorDash, where you can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code Ding Dong Game Day 25. Jay's looking to score a sweet deal in free agency. Am I right? I don't know if it's going to be in free agency. Maybe it'll be via a trade. Perhaps. Well, Coomsey, that's exactly what we're here to talk about. Uh, it's an off-season edition of BJN Radio, and it's rumor season. And honestly, that gets me going. I love a good, yes. a good healthy dose of trade rumors. That excites me. Uh, so there is a lot to get to. We know one thing for sure the Jays will be in on. And I want to start this by talking about things that have actually happened, I guess. We know the Jays were going to be in on a lot of relievers, right? They're going to be looking for some bullpen help. Edwin Diaz and Robert Suarez both get new deals. Mets, Padres, they're both going back to their old teams. They also got a lot of smoke. They did. Here's my take on this. Edwin Diaz is a damn good reliever. Robert Suarez is a really good arm. I'm not saying if you're the Jays, you don't go after high-end names. But I kind of look at the price tags going to these guys, and I remember relievers are very volatile. The Tigers got a guy like Joe Jimenez, who was, what, being thrown on waivers and stuff? The year before, like you can find good relievers without attaching a $100 million price tag to a guy like Edwin Diaz. I'm actually okay with the Jays, for the most part, staying away from this high end because relief pitching is so volatile. You can spend $100 million and the guy can turn into a pumpkin. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you look at um, look back at the first season that Edwin Diaz had when he came over from Seattle to the Mets. The Mets paid a premium to trade for him. And his ERA in that first season was 5.59, 58 innings. He couldn't handle the lights in New York. He was striking out a ton of guys, but he was blowing saves left, right, and center. And I mean, even last year, 2021, 62 innings, 3.45 ERA. Uh, relievers are so volatile, man. You don't know what to expect. That's why, like I mentioned off the hop, you said, oh, maybe the Jays are in the mix for a free agent. I still think if they're going to go and add a reliever, it'll probably be towards the end of the offseason. Whoever's left over, someone who falls through the cracks. 
Uh, or maybe it comes through a trade because I really, really, really don't see them handing out competitive offers when this is the money being thrown around. Over 100 schmills for a reliever, Edwin Diaz. The Padres giving significant money to Suarez, and he's pitched like 26 innings in the big leagues. It it, it, yeah. it it gives you an indication that this is going to be a very expensive offseason, which makes sense because you have a whole bunch of teams now opening up a competitive window. Like you have the teams that are always in the mix, right? You have in the Steve Cohen era, the Mets have always been willing to spend. The Dodgers are always willing to spend. The Yankees are always willing to spend. The Jays are always in the mix. Then you have other teams that are moving into their competitive window. Seattle, you know, they did well this year. Texas wants to start winning again. There's so many teams. It's not, you know, the... 2019 or 2020 when they signed George Springer and there was four teams in on everybody. Now there's like 15 teams in on everybody. Yeah. Which almost in a way, again, I know the Springer thing, he's getting hurt, all of that kind of stuff, even the Ryu thing, but for the Jays to strike when they did like that, I think looking back on it and comparing those markets, like you said, to the markets now, it's like, yeah, good thing the Jays went and spent then. Because while there are still good free agents on the market, there are a lot more teams looking to exit out of their sort of pandemic slumber spending-wise and really kick things up a notch. Baltimore might be a team that's spending. Apparently, of the teams who are interested in Jacob deGrom, we're expecting. He's you know he's a bit older. He's had some injuries. So they're talking about some Max Scherzer type thing where he's getting paid $40 million a year over a two-year deal. And one of the teams in the mix is the fucking Orioles. It's wild. Um, I mean, the last thing I would want is even a 35-year-old Jacob oh. DeGrom coming to the AL East. Yeah, I would please like, stay in the National League. Well, the last thing we want is Baltimore getting even more competitive. Like yeah, If Baltimore could fall back to being a dumpster fire, the division gets a little bit easier to play in, right? You're certainly hoping a team like the Red Sox swings and misses on a bunch of big free agents. You hope Aaron Judge leaves the AL East because, again, you have to play these teams so many damn times any advantage you can get is a big one. Yeah, that's the best case scenario for the Jays is, you know, the Rays have one of their quiet off seasons and they don't pull the trigger on some fantastic Chris Archer style trade. They don't get better than the Yankees lose Aaron Judge to the Giants, the Dodgers or something. And then Boston loses Xander Bogarts, who's opted out of his deal. And then Baltimore just does nothing. Mm-hmm. That's what you're hoping for. But that's probably not what's going to happen. I the AL beast. Yeah. Item number two that did happen The Jays, or I guess this didn't happen, but it's news that did break. The Jays did not extend a qualifying offer to Ross Stripling. This is something where if you would have told me a year ago that the Jays weren't going to extend a qualifying offer to Ross Stripling, I would have been like, yep, makes sense. If you would have told me three months ago the Jays weren't going to extend a qualifying offer to Ross Stripling, I probably would have been like, eh, that seems unlikely. What did you make of this? Was it a mistake? I don't know. It's it's a hard one to say because you need to wait for everything to play out. And it's not just how Ross Stripling does after his yeah, the best season of his career last yeah. year. He joins the starting rotation after Hyunjin Ryu gets hurt. He makes 24 starts, puts up a 301 ERA, pitches like a legitimate number two or three pitcher. Like not even they just got a good number five. They got a good front of the rotation pitcher out of Ross Stripling this year. He was the team's unsung hero. If he hadn't have stepped up, then it's pretty unlikely the Jays make the playoffs or they have to go and make a huge deadline addition. But the thing is, is if they had issued Stripling the qualifying offer, then he's going to cost them on a one-year deal. This is if he accepts on a one-year deal, roughly $20 million, which is a pretty substantial amount of money for a guy who, for his career, has been like number five swingman type. 
But then you're looking at the money that's being handed out in free agency. And granted, it's only a couple of contracts to high upside relievers. If that's what the relievers are getting paid, then what are the number four and five starters going to get paid? Maybe if the market for Ross Stripling is like three years, $45 million or something like that, then all of a sudden one year 20M doesn't look that bad. Yeah. The full list of players who were given qualifying offers. Uh, you have the obvious ones, Aaron Judge, Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, Jacob deGrom, Dansby Swanson, Carlos Rodon out in San Francisco, Brandon Nemo, who's a name that is being you know mentioned a little bit with the Toronto Blue Jays, Wilson Contreras behind the plate, Chris Bassett, Anthony Rizzo, Tyler Anderson, Martin Perez, a guy who I kind of read around a little bit. And it sounds like the Jays may check in on an arm like Mar- Martin Perez. I would imagine that only happens if they end up not bringing back a guy like Ross Stripling, uh, Jock Peterson, and Nathan Yavaldi. Yavaldi may be another name that you look at, right? And maybe that's part of it for the Jays as they're sitting there and they're going, okay, Stripling was a great fit for us last year, but he's going to take, you know, legitimate starter money to bring back. Do you maybe go for a more established arm, even if it costs you three, four million? And, and by established, I mean someone with a longer track record of success as a starting pitcher. Yeah, because I think if you if you look at the QO and Stripling, it's fairly reasonable to say he would accept that like if you're Ross Stripling you've made a baseball reference says he's made 10.5 mil in his career so far he's 33 years old in November you take one year 20 mil which is more than the rest of your yeah. career combined and see what happens in free agency next year I I'd be shocked if he declined the qualifying offer so for the Blue Jays here yeah, maybe when we look at it one year from now, Stripling has a great year next year for somebody else, and they should have done it. But I guess what they're doing is they're maintaining the flexibility to sign somebody else. Maybe it's Perez or Rivaldi. Rivaldi's pitched in the AL East. He's done well. There's other names out there. Open yourself the flexibility before you guarantee one year 20 mils to a back-of-the-rotation starter. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's kind of where I come out on it. I was, you know, maybe a little bit surprised, but then you kind of sit down and think about it a little bit more, and it's like, yeah, okay, this this might actually end up working out for them because um, there are, you know, a handful of quality arms on the market. I, I still wonder, though, exactly how big they're going to swing. Justin Verlander is fresh off a World Series, getting his World Series ring, right? Mm-hmm. And we know Justin Verlander's come out himself and said it, he was close to signing in Toronto when he was a free yep. agent last time. I wonder if that's a route they go. And you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I read a story that Hunjin Ryu's contract was fully insured, was it not? Yeah, so the situation with Ryu, and I guess we haven't talked about this in the podcast yet, is no. they paid the high premium for insurance on his contract, but they won't start getting the payouts until he's been on the injured list for a certain amount of time is my understanding. So I think what it will wind up being is he goes on the IL April and May and then they'll start getting money. I don't think they'll get all of his money back, but they'll get most of it. And I think that'll be a significant help mid-season like for trade deadline acquisitions. Yeah. Interesting. I, I also wonder if maybe they go, hey, we know that money's coming. Yeah. Maybe it maybe it's easier to stomach going out and saying, "Hey, Justin Verlander, you want one year, thirty-eight million bucks." Maybe that's a deal they go after, and they just don't hamstring themselves with another long-term contract. You don't have any chance of you know signing someone for five years, and they go Jose Barrios and and flail out in year one, and you're left wondering what you're left with. But if you do go, like I, I just think that's not a terrible plan. Far from a terrible. I think it actually might be the optimal plan is to go hunt down Justin Verlander and be like, "Hey." Manoa, Gosman, Verlander, Barrios, that's pretty darn good. So go after Verlander and DeGrom, 
offer them matching one-year $45 million deals. And, you know, if it works out, great. If not, then, well, it's off the books next year. Don't worry about it. Because I think the reason, like, I think you're right, it does make sense for the JS to do these short-term things mm-hmm. is because, as we all know, they're going to have to start paying guys soon. Yeah. The arbitration-eligible guys, the Bows and the Vlads, the Alec Manoas, Teoscar Hernandez's, players like that. There's decisions yeah. coming up. Who's sticking around long-term? None of them are going to be cheap. Yeah. So short-term contracts and free agency make all kinds of sense for the Jays. On the trade market as well, that is a potential... Uh, that's a potential option. In addition to all the free agent arms that are out there, there was a report from The Athletic, Ken Rosenthal, who said Pablo Lopez could be on the market in Miami. That's a name we've heard about for, I think, a Forever. couple of winters now. Yeah, It's been a while. Uh, Zach Plesak in Cleveland. And he also threw out the name Corbin Burns. I don't even want to begin to think about what kind of a haul Corbin Burns gets the Milwaukee Brewers. And you know Milwaukee loves doing this kind of thing. Like yeah. They're in a playoff spot, and they traded away their um, Hater. Josh Hader, their closer. Yeah. And I mean, it looked like the right move because he was quite bad for San Diego. But I mean, that's what Milwaukee does. They're 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 a cheap team, so you never know. That 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 might be the other way for the Jays to do it. You have a lot of talent, a lot of surplus to different places. The obvious one is J.P. Morosi comes out and he says, "Oh, I've heard from rival GMs that the Jays are considering trading a catcher." Well, they're obviously going to trade a catcher because they have three catchers. We've all known this forever. Yeah. So it's not even really about rival GMs expecting this. It's just obvious. But again, that's the thing is the Jays have a surplus in a very premium position of, you know, Danny Jansen, who's kind of a veteran at this point. He had a huge season offensively quietly. You have Alejandro Kirk, silver slugger. He's a fantastic, yep. he's, he's a great defensive catcher as well. He's a really good game caller and pitch framer. And then you have Gabe Moreno, who may wind up being the best of all of them. And then you have the, the, the changes in the rules with the shift. Moreno's got a fantastic arm. He can gun guys out. That might be more important now with the rule changes. So... One of them's probably going to go. Who knows who it's going to be? But it would make all kinds of sense for the Jays to acquire an arm in some capacity through a trade. It's really hard, and this is you know a popular question online, and people love debating this. It's the water cooler topic or water cooler <laughs> question of which one would you move? But it's not that easy. It's hard. Because I think it's all dependent on what kind of deals are out there. You're not just going to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, we're trading Alejandro Kirk no matter what. What's the best return he can get us? That's foolish. The guy just won a silver slugger. You mentioned how good he is and how many different areas of the game he positively affects. You can't just sit there and go, well, Mourinho's the youngest. We're going to move him because if no team wants to bite on him, you're not just going to deal him for a suboptimal return. On the other hand, Danny Jansen is maybe the one from the Jays' perspective who makes the most sense to move, right? The most expensive. Most expensive, the oldest of the bunch. But what are you getting back for Danny Jansen? You're probably getting the least for Danny Jansen. Exactly. And that's the challenge is he makes the most sense to trade because he's the oldest. But they've also put so much time into developing this guy. And he's been their catcher. I mean, he's been up since 2018 learning all their pitchers, all their relievers, working with the, the coaching staff. Like, geez, it's not that easy to just jettison some guy that's been around for that long and then just... You know, and then the other thing, I, I brought this up a million times during the season this year, but say you trade Jansen and you go into the season with Moreno and Kirk, and Kirk's like a year removed from missing, what, half of 2021 yeah. with a hip injury? Yep. And all of a sudden, Kirk's hip issue flares up. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but hypothetically. Then all of a sudden, your main catcher is Gabe Moreno, who's a rookie, and whatever random third stringer you have in Buffalo, a Tyler Heineman type, a Juan Gratterall type, like... 
It's not necessarily ideal. And then there's also catchers in the free agent market. It's not like every team's just lining up to give you their best player for Gabe Moreno. They can go and sign, I don't know, Wilson Contreras. Or exactly. Something. It's not that easy. Not that easy. It's not simple. Yeah, Wilson Contreras, 31 years old. Mike Zanino's in there. Gary Sanchez had some decent moments in his season with uh, Minnesota. Like, if teams don't want to give up a high-end arm to get a young catcher from the Jays, they'll just go sign a veteran. Like, there are some on the market, like you said. And it's not as easy as, I think, Ross Atkins just going, okay, I want to trade Jansen because he's the oldest. He's the most expensive. Let's get rid of him. We'll keep the two young guys. Because then I think you're almost doing yourself a disservice if you don't at least explore the possibility of moving a Kirk or moving a Mourinho. Kirk, like, I, and I hesitate on his name too just because he had such a good year. He was great. But like you mentioned the injury thing with him. Maybe that, maybe the Jays sit there and they know something about him we don't, and they go, fuck, he gets banged up a lot. Maybe we just move on from that because he's going to get us. He probably gets you the most, I think. That would make sense. You'd think that of the three of them, the one that has the highest trade value is Kirk because, you know, Moreno's still a prospect. He, has the, mm-hmm. he was number one prospect in baseball for a hot second there. And but the thing is, is Kirk's like, you know, he's a pre-arb all-star silver slugger. Like you'd think hypothetically that that's the guy that every team's asking for because he's kind of right in the middle of the two guys. Jansen's the veteran, quote unquote. Mourinho's the high upside prospect. And then right in the middle, you have this pre-arb guy who's who's done it. He's showed that he yeah. can be one of, if not the best catchers in baseball all around. Calls games well, good defensively, good blocker, good relationship with the pitchers. It does extremely well with Alec Manoa specifically. Yes. So that's another risk. If you trade him, are you getting rid of Alec Manoa's personal catcher? That might be a disaster. And of course he hits well. Won the silver slugger. So it's not easy to trade any of it's these guys. Insane, yeah. It's a, it's a, you like to say it's a good problem to have, but it's a really difficult problem. It's, I don't know what the right answer is. Flip Mourinho to third base and keep them all. Well, sure. I mean, or maybe not third base. Uh, flip Mourinho to the outfield, I mean. I don't he, think... He played some third base in the fall league a couple years ago or some shit like that, right? And then they there was whispers about him maybe taking reps in the outfield like before the playoffs and stuff. Yeah, last year he spent... So in 2022, he spent time at second, third, and left field. He's also played at first before in the, um, in, I think it was the Venezuelan fall league. Uh, yeah, third base at double A. So, I mean, sure, why not? I, I, I honestly personally don't think keeping all three is a terrible idea, really. And I think uh, I'd agree with you. But injury, then we're also happen. talking about what are your other big trade chips if you want to go improve this team, in this team's rotation slash bullpen. Ah. Right? Well. It's quite the pretzel we can uh, get ourselves into. I know. It's a never-ending conversation. You it don't want to give, but you got to give to get. But uh, we all love the Blue Jays, so we don't want to trade anyone. Exactly. Uh, which brings me to my next one talking about Morosi and some of his reporting, he brought up the idea that, hey, maybe the Jays go after a Trey Turner, a Carlos Correa, a Xander Bogarts. And that would involve, Uh-oh. maybe you move Bobichette to second base. I have a funny feeling, just from what we kind of know about Bo's personality, that might not go over too well with Mr. Bichette. No, I don't think that would be the right move for the team. I think if Bo is around, he's the shortstop. And if they're bringing in somebody else in free agency to be the shortstop, that means Bo's no longer on the team. When they signed Marcus Semien, Marcus Semien became the second baseman, despite the fact he was the older player, he was the veteran. Bo wants to be the shortstop. Yeah, and I think it could create a problem if he's not. So what Morosi said was, maybe there's a bigger deal to be had. Maybe it's a, 
You sign Carlos Correa, reunite him and Springer. You got this little veteran leadership core, even though Correa is only 28, which is crazy. And then you said that sounds wrong. It doesn't sound. I I know you're right because he's younger than me. I think he's a 94 birthday, but that that sounds weird. It's insane that he's only 28. Yeah, he feels like he should be like 33. Yeah, Um, but Correa is only 28. Maybe you go get a Carlos Correa. And then you flip Bobachette, and the name Morosi sort of hinted at was, and he sparked this wild rumor, Bobachette <laughs> for Ronald Acuna Jr. Here's why that makes not a ton of sense, in my opinion. First off, it's based off the report from who? Um, it was, so it was, this was speculation on MLB Network. Matt Vaskersian says, so the Braves are trying to lock up all their guys. AA's got a handful of guys signed. One of the guys that he signed to a long-term deal a while ago, I think the first one that got the big deal was yeah. Ronald Acuna, and he's paid like 17 mil annually per year. It's a stupidly team-friendly yeah. contract. It's obscene. But um, so the, th- the talk is now Dansby Swanson is the big Atlanta free agent. And it's pretty obvious that if he does stick around, he's going to get a bigger contract than Acuna, and that's going to piss Acuna off. And they don't want to have that drama within their room. So trading Acuna to somebody else makes some sense. It's all speculation. The reason I kind of raise an eyebrow at that is Matt Olson makes more than Ronald Acuna. They paid Charlie Morton more than Ronald Acuna. <laughs> Austin Riley makes only $2 million less than Ronald Acuna in terms of his, in terms of his payroll salary. You know, they, they, the Olsen one in specific, they paid Olsen more. Did that cause a riff in the room? They were willing to extend Freddie Friedman. Would that have caused a riff in the room? I just feel like it's all... That was a weird thing to spark this wild rumor of Bichette for Acuna. Also, Acuna is apparently only on the market if you sign Dansby Swanson. If you sign Dansby Swanson, why are you trading for Bo Bichette? Because if Bo Bichette goes to Atlanta, he would then have to be a second baseman, and Bo Bichette would only leave the Jays because he'd be pissed off about becoming a second baseman. None of it makes makes sense. sense. None of it adds up. It's just... It also doesn't fix the Blue Jays' overarching problem of, look, if you're going to move Bo, I think what we all want to see is like a left-handed bat coming bat to diversify the lineup. And I mean, switching out <laughs> switching out Bo for Acuna just seems like almost sort yeah. of like a lateral move, right? Like Acuna's coming off a not-so-great season. He puts up a 764 OPS. I mean, it's still a good season, but it's it's... It's not like we're trading Bo for Jose Ramirez, who's like a you know a completely different profile of player. He's yeah. a switch hitter. He, he hits for contact. Blah blah blah. That kind of thing. It seems like okay, you're getting rid of Bo, the player you have, the player you know, to get somebody else who's a, just a similar-ish hitter. Like he's you know he's he's right-handed as well. That's what I mean by similar. They're not that similar, but I he's not. If to me, I'm trading Bo Bichette if there is a slam dunk perfect fit out there. Yeah. And I just, Acuna maybe I would love him here. I would love it if it was Mourinho for Acuna. Sure. Let's get more talent on this team. Why not? Yeah. He can be your center fielder, right? <laughs> the Jays trading a shortstop for another corner outfielder would be insane. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like this rumor got out of hand. I also feel like the initial root of this rumor wasn't a good take. And no. I think he even said, like, I'm not saying, I'm saying this as a fan, not like as someone with knowledge. And now it's just caught like wildfire because Morosi said it. And I just, I don't know. I'm, I don't buy it. This is the short of it. Oh, here's another thing. Uh, we should touch on this one. I completely forgot to put it in the notes, but the uh, Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim general manager, Perry Mancinian, 
came out and said, no, they will not be trading Shoei Otani this winter. Do you believe that? I believe it. You do? Like I outlined on the last podcast, I think, you know, for the sale of the team and all of that, it might not go over well if you trade one of, if not your, he is, he's your most valuable asset. Yeah. And I don't think that's a great idea. I think if you trade Shohei Otani, you then need to move Mike Trout. And I can't see them wanting to do that because if you're Mike Trout, how could you sit there and go, oh, we're rebuilding again. Fuck that. When did the Juan Soto trade happen? That would have been, oh, geez, this, this was well before the trade deadline, right? No, it was right around the deadline. Juan Soto, yeah, it was right around the trade deadline. Juan Soto on August 2nd, mm-hmm. 2022 was traded. Mike Rizzo, the GM of the Washington Nationals, said on June the 1st, we are not trading Juan Soto. Two months later, he got traded. So I don't think yeah. anything these guys say matters at all. No, I, I don't think so either. But I, it just doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they held them and moved them at the deadline. You're still going to get a haul. Look at what the Nats got for Juan Soto. You're going to get a crazy amount for him. And the other side of that is if I'm the Jays, I don't think I can go through this offseason being like we're holding Tiedemann and Mourinho and everyone because we need to make sure we have assets in case Otani becomes available. Because what if the Angels click next year? I know it sounds unlikely. (laughs) I know you're laughing. Uh, But right, like what if the Angels click? What if the Angels make a couple ads and they're in the playoff hunt and you're the Jays sitting there being like, oh shit, we're now just barely scraping by in the playoff hunt. I don't know. I'm, yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one. It is. Hot stove season. Hot Lots stoves. of speculation. Lots of speculation. Love speculation. I love it. I love it. How funny is it though that like right as the off season gets kicking, that Twitter is just like anyone can be verified if they want. There's like three thousand Jeff Passan accounts. There all was verified. someone did uh, yesterday. They were posing as the Yankees, and it, it looked pretty real. And they were like, "We've extended the contract of Aaron Boone <laughs> to 2036." And they was they're like with an option in 2027. It's like what and. Goodbye, Aaron Judge. Thanks for everything. Oh, it was funny. Where do you think he goes? Um, oh, that's hard. I don't know. This is a this is a really difficult one to map out. I think he's going to take the biggest amount of money, no matter what. He's a PA guy. He's a yeah. He's a players' association guy. He's not going to take a discount for the Yankees. Um, I don't think he was thrilled with the offer that they gave him back in April. I don't even think the offer was that bad. No. Looking back at it, um, I think the Yankees are going to pony up and do it. I think it's a really bad look if they don't pay him. Especially because you're the Yankees, and that guy just had that kind of a season, and you're going to sit there and what? Maybe let him walk to the Red Sox because you weren't willing to pay an extra 20 mil over 10 it years or some so shit? Bad. Be People so would be bad. People would be so angry. So angry. And, I mean, the Yankees haven't had much success recently, relatively speaking. Like, their last World Series is, what was oh, it, 2009? Yeah. yeah, 2009. So it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, to I, allow your your most popular guy, internally developed player since Derek Jeter, to just leave? It'd be very anti-Yankees to, to let that happen, which is why I have a hard time believing it. They'll pay the man. Because the last time they allowed a big free agent to walk was Robinson Cano, I think. He left for Seattle. Mm-hmm. That was weird. But I don't think Robinson Cano is Aaron Judge. Exactly. Cano was good, but he, he didn't you know have the season Judge just had. Yeah. All right. And Cano was also pretty much always juiced up. <laughs> well. Well. Yeah. Well, we are looking at the Aaron Judge numbers this year. And I'm like, he's that much of a PA guy. He's like, I'm going to get my bag and get suspended for a hundred games and everything's tainted. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I just look at the numbers and I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? But I, I don't actually think Aaron judges juicy. Yeah. I'm, I'm just teasing. I'm just, I'm just being a goof. Just having some fun. Uh, all right. We're going to, we got a couple other Jay's topics to get to, but first we're going to pause for an ad. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Shout out to our friends at Points Bet Canada. As always, they have all the latest odds up, whether you want to bet on some hockey, Football, basketball, baseball is the only one of the major North American sports not going on right now. Um, the Astros won the World Series. They were one of the favorites from the opening of the Lions last season. I'm looking to see if we have odds for uh, for next year. I'm looking. Ah, Who do you think is the favorite right now? Odds on favorite to win the World Series, Kimsey. Dodgers? Correct. Six to one. Points bet has the Dodgers. Houston, seven to one. Atlanta, nine to one. Yankees and Mets, both ten to one. Jays, 12 to one. So they are sitting sixth, according to Points Bet Canada. We will see if their offseason can generate the same buzz their offseason last year did when they were second or third. They were right up there. Do you think the Blue Jays are honestly the, the, the sixth most likely to win the World Series? How do you feel about that? Because I know it's 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 yeah, it's, it's odds. It's not it's just tough. like oh the Jays are the sixth best yeah. team in baseball. So it's, it's more complicated than that. Do you agree with that? I think it sounds about right. It puts them in the right ballpark, just especially because there there is that sort of drop off, right? Like you have the Dodgers, like I said, Dodgers and Astros six and seven to one, yeah. and then it does drop down to the Jays at twelve to one. It's not like they're nine to one or eight to one in right by there. Um, they're just slightly better than the Padres and Mariners. I would maybe have them down with those teams and a team like Philly even in that group in the 14 to 18 to 1 range. They're maybe a little bit higher because public money, you know, teams like people like betting on their favorite teams and the yeah, Jays are a very popular team. What a Jays fan. Um, so, yeah, I think it's about right. That makes sense to me. I agree. I wonder, I wonder where I'm interested to see where the hype hype winds up with this team and yeah. what... Because I feel like now after the, the shitty playoff run this year, people are pretty down. Uh, well, there, I think there, there's pressure on the team yeah. now because 
you're in danger of your of the perception of your team changing, right? Yeah. They're the they were the young up and comers just missed the playoffs. They were the young up and comers who got in and disappointed in their first real playoff run. And now if you go through a season and you disappoint, whether you miss the playoffs or you don't win a round in the playoffs, like we kind of seen with the Maple Leafs, yeah. you develop a reputation. And all of a sudden you're the chokers. Yeah. Which for the Jays, I think right now, again, I wouldn't be rushing to trade Bichette. No. I would be hesitant to even move a Gurriel or a Hernandez. We'll touch on in just a second here. I'd be hesitant to move either of them because I don't want to upset this core too much. I want to give him one more year. Yep. I want to give him a year where maybe Jose Barrios bounce back, bounces back, and, and certain things go that way. You get a more consistent bow. Maybe Vladdy's production goes just, I'm not saying back to his near MVP level, but a tick closer to that, right? Maybe he is a more complete year behind the plate. I give this team another year to run it back. If yep. we're sitting here a year from now and the Jays still haven't gotten out of the wild card round, then I'm ready to start doing something more drastic. But for right now, I think you try to add to this core. You don't try to fundamentally change it. No, definitely not. And I think it sounds kind of lame. And, and we, we've talked about this before, and I think we're of the same mind, that I wouldn't be devastated if the Jays just came into next season largely with the same team. But if you look at the public perception right now, you already have fans being like, ah, it's going to be another winter of the Jays being in on everyone but getting no one, which makes no sense because, you know, last offseason they trade for Chapman, they signed Kikuchi. It's, Kikuchi sucked, but it was, you know, it was two pretty big additions. The one before that, Springer, huge addition. Hyunjin Ryu, huge addition. So it's three offseasons in a row of... They have gotten things done. They've added guys. But now you're at this point now where guys are starting to get paid and you already have like 175 million tied up to your roster. So there isn't a tremendous amount of flexibility. So this is probably the year where they're not going to make a big move. Are people going to be excited coming into next year if they don't make a big move? Are people going to be down on the Jays? Are they going to be like an underdog coming into next year that nobody expects to do well? Because the, the hype last year was so fucking high. And now they have to prove themselves. They're now, not just getting yeah. hyped because people expect them to be better. And remember, this is just me speculating that the Jays are going to have a quiet offseason. That's just kind of what I think. And I, I might be wrong. I know there is that portion of the fan base, the Shatkins portion, who love yeah. to be like, mm, not doing anything. <laughs> but Ross Atkins does kind of like making the big splash. He does. They always do. They stuff. always do something big. Like at least, like I'm trying to, like I'm thinking since they... Um, since they became competitive, and there really hasn't been a time where they haven't done anything. Like in 2020, the COVID year, they weren't expecting to be competitive that year, but they still went and pulled the trigger on deals for Robbie Ray, Taiwan Walker, Ross Stripling, Jonathan Villar. Like they added four guys. And they didn't work out, but in the moment, it was like, whoa, they went and got yeah, a lot they, of bodies. They went and did that, and then the following offseason, it's Springer. And then the following trade deadline is Barrios. And then the following offseason, it's Chapman. And then the following And deadline, Gosman. Yeah, and Gosman, too. I forgot about Gosman. And then... Um, they, they shelled out money to get Semyon on a short-term deal. Yeah, Semyon that was one year, one right? year before that. And even last year, the trade deadline, yeah, there wasn't the big splash, but they still made, like, four trades. Yeah. They're always doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Teoscar. I said we were going to hit on him in just a second. ESPN listed him as a non-tender candidate. That's insanity. Yeah, that was surprising. That's not happening. So ESPN, it was Kylie McDaniel, formerly of Fangraphs, did. I and think. he's great. Yeah, he's really good. I don't want to sit here and rag on the guy. I saw that Jays fans were kind of getting up on his ass a little bit. It was a bit much. Like, I mean, he, I think the opinion he expressed is fairly fine if you're a national baseball writer just taking a look at the Jays, which is Teoscar is expected to get, you know, 15, 16, 17 mils in arbitration, and you look at the year that he had, it wasn't amazing. The Jays are, you know, they're not going to go over the luxury tax. Maybe they want to save some money, so okay, they can just non-tender this guy. 
But, I, I mean, it's probably not going to happen. Teoscar is a, a reasonable bet to bounce back. You know, he yeah. suffered the oblique injury last year early in the season, so it's hard to come back from that. Like, that's one of those injuries that lingers the whole year. So, I mean, he's a really good bounce-back candidate, so that's obviously not going to happen. But what I do think that demonstrates is that if anybody's sitting here being like, oh, yeah, you can trade Teoscar and a mid-level prospect to Miami for Pablo Lopez, that's not going to happen. I don't think the value of a... Corner outfielder who hits for power and strikes out a bunch is particularly high. Same thing with Guriel to an extent. I think yep. he'd fall in the same category where maybe we have a grander view of them than the rest of the baseball world does just because we like them. They're good guys. They're fun to watch in the dugout, and they go on a couple of heaters every year, right? Yeah, we see and the I, best of the players. Yeah, we see the best of them is what I'm getting at here. And I, I, I'm, again, of the belief that they can each contribute to a Toronto Blue Jays team that goes on a run next season. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to throw a fun one your way. What's like a dream? What is your dream off season with the note that it is highly unrealistic, or like you know it's not going to happen? But like if you could draw, if you were man in the ship, MLB the show style, and it's it's got to be like within the realm of within the realm of possibilities. But like you know it's not going to happen. I like think- for me, I, I can let you think about it. For me, it would be Bo Bichette says, "No, I want to win. I don't want to be a shortstop. I want to be a winner." And he goes to second base. And the team signs Trey Turner, and to make that happen, they flip Gabriel Moreno or maybe even someone else off the roster to free up some money, and they go get like a good young pitcher somewhere. Like this team is heading into spring training next year with Trey Turner and Pablo Lopez on their roster, and no major pieces off it. I like that. Yeah, I think one of them for me, I I, I think the big one for me, and this is this would be the most exciting thing possible, has got to be the Otani acquisition. I really don't think it's tremendously out of the question. I don't believe the Angels at all when they say they're not going to trade him in the winter no matter what. Maybe it's the most prudent move to wait until the trade deadline rolls around, but if you're objective at all and you're looking at the Angels, you're like, we are nowhere close. And if you wait until the trade deadline, you're waiting, you're taking the risk that he gets hurt or he has a down year or something just... Make the trade now. Because then on top of that, the other thing for the team acquiring Otani is they can issue the qualifying offer, which, I mean, it doesn't do much. But at least then if he does leave, you get something, right? You get the draft pick. Yeah, it would be like, hey, if we're giving up four prospects for the guy, we want to do it now so that we can qualify him and get a prospect back in our system in the next yeah. draft because of the QO. Makes sense. So you can guarantee it's a, yeah. it's a small contingency. and It's not worth that much, but it's that. Uh, do I think it's going to happen? No, probably not. But I just think he'd be a perfect fit in Toronto. I think that Toronto's an interesting international market. I think that different personalities from different backgrounds thrive playing for this team. Um, I think he'd be a perfect fit. The fans would be all over it. The fans would love it. Not like the fans in Anaheim or in LA aren't all over it, and they don't love Otani. Obviously, everyone does. He's yeah. a very likable player. But I just think he would be an especially good fit in Toronto. It would be perfect. It would, it would just be, it's, 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 they, they, they need that starter. They need that left-handed bat. Mm-hmm. It just makes so much sense. Miss anything today on the show? I don't know I what else covered, is happening. I, I think we covered most of our bases here. Like I'm just kind of browsing the web and doing all that kind of stuff. And, it's just and silly season now. Just bullshit. Yeah. Like that's pretty much all it is. And, and the other thing that I'm always kind of hesitant on is when you see a rumor, my thinking is, Who's leaking it? Who's gaining from this being out there? You know, if you hear, oh, the Jays are in on this name. Okay. Is an, is the player's agent putting that out to a couple of reporters he's buddy-buddy with because he wants to drum up some interest here? 
always take everything with a grain of salt is kind of what I'm getting at. We have seen that a lot in the past where it does feel like the Jays are one of the hyper-aggressive teams and... You know, there's there's a rumor that comes out that I remember this one so vividly. It was a couple of years ago. It was the Blue Jays would desperately love to sign DJ LeMayhew. Oh, yeah. And it was the specific wording. They would desperately love to do it. It would be so important. And it was like there was really no indication during that offseason that anything was going to happen in regards to DJ LeMayhew other than him re-signing with the Yankees. It's a perfect fit. He, you know, he had done well there. He plays multiple positions. It makes sense based on who they already had. Didn't really make that much sense for him to join the Jays. Yeah. It just seemed like bullshit. It was just like, you know what? The This is his agent probably trying to squeeze a little bit more money out of the Yanks after a career year. So keep um, that in mind, obviously. Outside of Toronto, can we talk about the fact that James Click wins the World Series as the GM of the Astros and is essentially fired a week later? Like, if your GM brings you to the World Series after how many years of getting there or getting close? If they've been there for like four or five years in a row now. And your response is... Here's a one-year contract extension. That sucks. He rejects it and you fire him? That's insane. That's awful. That's a terrible way to do business. I yeah, think. that's bad news bears. There's very little like, like that's likable about the Astros. Yeah. There was even, like, I think that the times have cooled on the cheating. I don't think, I think a lot of people still care deeply. I imagine, like, Dodgers fans mm. are justifiably very angry that the World Series, they didn't win in 2017. Very magical team. It's unfortunate that a handful of guys weren't weren't around in 2020 when they did finally win. So, yeah, they can be mad at the Astros forever for that. But, I mean, yeah, the cheating thing kind of wears off a bit. But the, just the way the Astros go about business sucks. Yeah. From the... Uh, you know, the, 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 the guy, thing in the clubhouse, yeah. yeah. The the Osuna stuff with the cheering. Thank God yeah. we got o- uh, Osuna after his the, the, the domestic violence thing. All the way to just this. Like, man, like no loyalty towards your employees whatsoever. It's so off-putting. It is. Uh, the other note here, Ben Nicholson-Smith tweeted out today. This was actually while we were recording. Uh, that the Blue Jays seek pitching help. A name on their radar is lefty Andrew Heaney. Uh, Jays pursued him aggressively last season, but he signed with the Dodgers, posted an elite 35.5% K rate, MLB average 22.1, Nicholson Smith notes, and with a 6.1 walk rate and 3.10 ERA and 14 starts. He adds the usual caveats. It's early. Jays are checking on many arms. Heaney will have many suitors, but he's a name to watch. So maybe that's a guy who's of the Ross Stripling ilk. That's why I think circling back to Stripling, they didn't issue the yeah. qualifying offer is... Rather than guaranteeing yourself one year twenty mil for Ross Stripling, you can Shop circle around. or yeah, yeah, circle around and see what's up. Maybe find yourself a nice little Andrew Heaney or a Nate Valdi. I think Nate Valdi's played for everybody in the American League East except for the Jays now. He's played for Baltimore. Do you play for Baltimore? I don't know. I know he's been because it was he's been a Yankee. He's been a Red Sox. He's yeah, been a Ray. Yankees, Rays, and Red Sox for sure. Yeah. Maybe it, it feels like I can visualize him pitching for the Orioles. I, I have an image in my head of him pitching there. I don't know if it's real or if I'm thinking of somebody well, else. Well, we certainly have a way to check that. Yeah, you can go on your computer and Google it. Yeah, you can Google his name, Nate Yavaldi. L.A., Miami, New York, Boston. So, no, he's not. He hasn't well, Tampa's pitched. in there too, right? I didn't imagine. Tampa. Oh, yeah, sorry. Half a season in Tampa at a deadline. That's right, because Tampa signed him right after he'd gotten Tommy John and they yeah. rehabbed him and then traded him to the Red Sox. Red Sox in the deadline, yeah. Correct. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to be a wrap on uh, today's show. That's probably it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. 40 minutes of a uh, hot stove talk. A lot of fun. We will uh, do another one of these soon because there'll be news breaking, I think, in the next yeah, 10 things days. Yeah, things are going to start happening. We're actually, yeah. next week, and we didn't talk about this at all, is the deadline for teams to add to their 40 man ahead of the Rule 5 draft. You know who would be great to talk about that with? Who? BK. 
BK would be good for that, but he keeps declining me. I keep saying, do you want to come on the podcast? And he says, no, I don't want to talk about the Blue Jays with you two. Please. BK, we need you we on the show. I have no knowledge of the 40 men. If it's the two of us talking about the Rule 5 and the 40 men, it's going to be bad news bears. Because I think that the Blue Jays' top prospect right now is like, what, Dan Norris? I don't know what year <laughs> it is. All right, that's going to be a wrap on today's episode of the show, 121. Shout out to our friends at DoorDash and points bet canada and to you for tuning in we'll have another one of these soon coomsey until then enjoy your cold edmonton winter best wishes thanks for tuning in to blue jays nation radio a member of the nation network of podcasts and delivered by doordash don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.